This is ContraCast, the show about tech, gadgets, games, and general geekiness. Welcome to ContraCast. My name is Paul Kwiatkowski, and with me today are my venerable co-hosts, John Kwiatkowski and Mike Kowalowski. John, how are you doing, doing, guys? And I'm doing fairly good, despite all this great. Uh, Did I ask you twice, John? But I replied twice. I think coming bird just for you, too. Mike, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Paul. Uh, good. So we're doing good this week. Um, I've been deaf about half the week which is actually most of the week. So I had a cold last week, and my voice sounded terrible on the show. And then this week, uh, I don't know, somehow or another, I ended up uh, with something blocking my eardrums from vibrating, uh, and it was terrible. It was awful. Uh, I couldn't hear anything from about Tuesday on. And now I can finally hear most things, although my left ear is still ringing quite a bit. So, what has come about this week? Oh, we, uh, our Twitter contracastings have, uh, gone up substantially. If we followed you, that's great. Uh, I may or may not be using a tool to auto-follow people when they say the word podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but, uh, it seems to be doing its job for right now. Um, so what do we have first on the agenda for notes? Um, John, how would you start us off with a rollicking review of the Taco Bell Shrimp Taco? Oh, my. Was it as bad as everyone said it was going to be, even though you went and bought it? Let's just say, oh, my. I don't ever want to have one ever again or ever see one ever again. I can't believe you bought one. I mean, was it really that bad, John? It was horrible, and I love shrimp. I bet it was... I mean, think... They made it look so good. Taco Bell uses the worst-grade beef in the first they, place. No, they, they, the shrimp was the good part. They, whatever sauce they put on it is horrible. Whatever mm. sauce they put on it is like fish sauce. It tastes like uncooked fish. Tartar sauce, maybe? No, no, it's like some mix they have. I mean, it is disgusting. Mm. It feels like they just took like took a fish and just put it in a blender and then poured it on their tacos. Well, it is Taco Bell. It is, and so I, I, I settled for a couple of five-layer burritos, and those made it all better. Is, but do not go buy one. It is horrible. And it will, it will most likely make you sick. I just went and checked out Facebook. Why do you have the Twit logo as the... Uh... Um, it gave me a choice of, like, two logos, and one of them was just, like, a weird room, and one of them was... Do what like... I do. Always hit X out of the link, so it doesn't put anything there. Ah, I should have. I just didn't think. Yeah. So, uh, the Taco Bell taco was predictably bad. Yes, it is. And, uh, oh, my. That sounds awful. I mean, really, uh, very few things at Taco Bell sound good anymore. Baja Blast isn't bad. Oh, no, not at all. You know, it's horrible for you. It's not bad. What about, uh, what about this cube sale satellite? Oh, yeah, the information on that, it's, um... If you think about it... Give us a, give us an overview, please. Yeah, overview. There's tons of junk in space around our planet. Uh-huh. Which is a threat to not only spacecraft, but, like, anyone, like, going outside in space in a suit. 
you could be hit by like a piece of dust going like thirty thousand miles an hour that like fell off something previously, mm-hmm. which would kind of hurt. Anyway, so they're designing. They've already finished it and designed it and tested it. A uh, sixteen foot by sixteen foot sail that can be attached to the back of a uh, like a low height satellite, mm-hmm. such as like a weather satellite or whatnot, or a communication satellite. That so that when the satellite's life is over, basically it opens, it deploys itself and spreads out behind the satellite. And there is while even though it's minute, a little bit of drag that high still, mm-hmm. and that's going to slow the satellite down and cause it to burn up very shortly after the uh, shoot's deployed. But also, as it goes around, it's going to pick up tiny particles and even bigger pieces of junk and drag it down with it. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, we've got a lot of trash up there now. Everything we send up from now, let's attach these to, because they're very cheap, and so we can break down when it's done. And every other debris will burn up in the atmosphere? Oh, yeah, of course. So we're not going to... Even, even like, a Skylab burned up in the atmosphere. Wait, so this this sail, John, it, it like, deploys when they want to bring a satellite down, and the satellite... Basically, basically when a satellite's life is over, when it's no longer useful, instead of just deactivating it and letting it, you know, circle around the Earth for another hundred years till it burns up... Why wouldn't they just shoot it down or something... Because laser cats are on strike. <laughs> oh. That was a joke. I oh, did not oh that old meme. Laser cat. Even abusing the cats. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, ours rely on John to bring out the, the memes from the meme. Well, no one remembers, yeah. So, explain something to me in uh, in science. Yes. How come everything burns up coming back through, but we send out, except for the planes that we don't want to burn up, but we can send out all these things that then burn up when they come through? Because... Is it because they're forcefully shot through, but they kind of float back no, in? When they come back through, for one, they're going to be going a lot faster than when they went out. And two, when, like, a rocket goes out of the atmosphere, think of, like, the aerodynamic point on it. Yeah. Now... If you sent something up and then took all the aerodynamic stuff away and then basically lobbed an old CRT monitor back into the atmosphere, so how do, do how do our uh, how do shuttles get back through the atmosphere then? Um, or they not still drag? What's that? Come into the atmosphere at a low angle, and that's what they had, that's why um what was it uh, Columbia was the recent one that uh, blew up. Yeah, Columbia got destroyed because. They've got a massive heat shield made of basically ceramic. Oh, I've seen that stuff. That stuff is awesome. Yeah, one of the tiles had a chip in it, and it allowed, made too much drag, and basically ripped a hole straight through the ship. Yeah. So basically, to combat now, you have to have a very, very heat-intensive side that can withstand a couple thousand degrees in a reentry. Yeah. Now, a satellite that's already been unfrailed to everything will not be able to withstand that. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that ceramic stuff they invented. I saw some Discovery Channel special on uh, space shuttles and stuff like that. And it was, they had a cube of that ceramic stuff, and they put it in this, like, really hot oven. I don't know what temperature it was at. But the cube, like, was glowing red. And the, the material cools down so quickly that they pulled it out of the oven, and this guy immediately picked it up with his fingers and without getting burned. 
Yeah, that, that's the kind of that's the kind of you know material yes. we need to come back in for space. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's yeah. pretty interesting. So, will this take out? I mean, is this primarily just to take this? The, the goal of this is to not create any more spacecraft, uh, space okay. crash, basically, because yeah. we've already got a lot out there, which will eventually dwindle down to a relatively low amount. But we don't want to add any more to the mix. So then uh, we're not going to start firing our trash into space? Oh, we might eventually. We might send it to the sun eventually. (laughs) (laughs) If we run out of room altogether, that's a possibility. Yeah, we don't want a Wally world. I I mean, we have enough uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles that could be re-aimed towards the sun and send a couple tons of trash up at a time. Yeah. But that's if... uh, you know, if all else fails and we can't just dump it on some other country. <laughs> Let's hope we don't do that. And if, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the uh, the app of the week this week is the Trollolo iPhone app. Are we going to break into song? Yes, we are. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen the Trollolo app or uh, meme over the last couple weeks, um, this is perhaps for you. And even if you have, it's really funny. So, uh, uh, you know, this video of uh, Russian singer Edward Hill, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Edward Hill. um, Edward Kill. Hill. Yeah. Who... uh, who I guess he recorded this song in 1976, and he was some sort of uh, Russian singer, it appears. And uh, basically, the song is is just a bunch of like it's the most painfully boring song, but it's incredibly contagious. And if you hear it, <laughs> you'll spend the next the rest of the day, you know, walking around doing <laughs> oh no stop um, oh no. Basically, uh, let me try and play a little bit here. Because why not? Anyway, that's that's what's up. So uh, it is an app for this that just plays a song, and it's hard. I don't know if I want to recommend it or not. It's the app of the week in terms of. It's really funny, but Wait, you, said, you said it was free, and now it costs you for a day, and now it's two dollars. Um, and it's oh. it's really worth pulling out three times. Matthew <laughs> himself wants to show one friend, and then wants to show like three friends. That's about it. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that because it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> So, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit of Lost right now. So, John, I'm really sorry that you haven't seen nearly as much as uh, Mike and I have. Uh, I'll let you guys talk in this part. Yeah. Uh, I'm the science guy. You guys just watch TV. Now, is Steven on right now? I don't believe so. No, he's not. Rats. Anyway, I think, I mean, the, the last episode of Lost was called, uh, what was it called? It was in Latin, and I don't remember the name. Anyway, it deals with Richard, who was... Uh, who in the episode is called Ricardus and holy cow, it's awesome. Oh yeah, it was a great episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's you know we're in the final season. This is the last stretch of episodes right now, 
and we finally get to see who Richard is and what Richard's been up to. Like, why Richard is on the island, how long he's been on the island. How he lives. Who is Richard? How he, uh, how, yeah, basically, like, he... In age. He comes to the island in the 1800s, um... On a ship, he's going to be a slave in the New World from Spain or whatever, because a man, I think an Englishman, buys his life. He was going to be killed. Um, but holy cow, he, Jacob brought him there and uh, made him. A, a, he gave him a choice. He said, uh, "I can." He's like, "What? What can I? Uh, what can I give you?" And he says, "I want to see my wife again." And he says, "I can't do that." And he's like, "What? What is the other one he gives him?" I can't remember exactly, but the, the point is, he. Uh, he says, I want to live forever. I never want to die. And Jacob says, that I can do. And so, uh... Well, he wants to get off the island, but Jacob wouldn't let him off the island because he's a candidate, I, I guess. No, no, he wanted him to be, uh... I don't know if he was he wanted, a candidate. He gave him a job. He said, you want a job? And he, uh... Anyway, it was a great episode, but, um... We're just, uh, you know, going to wrap up what's happened so far. So, just this season. There's been so much before. We're not even going to talk about that. So... Have you enjoyed season six, Mike? Oh yes, definitely. Um, I'm just really hoping that the ending explains everything and doesn't leave you with more questions than answers. You know, trying to be one of those mysterious shows that's yeah. like, oh, we'll come back eventually, but you know, you know, it's not going to. Well, I think at this point, I mean, we know that um, basically we've got the six people who are candidates, and everyone else is weeded out. So you know that, for instance, uh. As, as much as I like having Charlie in the story, we know that Charlie doesn't really have any any point of being in the story, you know? Uh-huh. Charlie's not in there anymore. No, no, but we, we know now that all the characters from earlier that were in the show for various reasons didn't really have a purpose in the show. So Boone and Echo and all of them, they, they oh, advanced yeah. the story and they yeah. advanced the characters, but they didn't have a, a, a purpose the way that Jack or Christian, you know, all the... Uh, I really think they didn't have like um, they didn't have a final plan in mind for, for Lost for the very end yeah. until like now. Um, I wonder, you know, because it seems at this point everything ties together, but it's also you know, I mean, they could have just looked back and made sure everything tied in together. Oh um, yeah, I mean, when they make new content, I mean, there's so many things that, for them to revisit to give purpose to everyone, but they can't give purpose to every character that you know got killed off. You know? Yeah, obviously. Especially Nikki and Paolo, you know. They were in there for no... Did you know, did you know that Paolo plays uh, Xerxes in Oh, 300? yeah. Yeah, I heard Holy that from cow. Scott Johnson said yeah. that on his podcast. <laughs> I mean, Paolo, the, the male model-looking guy, yeah. plays Xerxes, the incredibly weird, but... The male model-looking guy. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I, the, I, I guess the male model-looking guy. I guess I was piercing <laughs> the fake. Yeah, but... Like, yeah. Wow. Um, he just looked nothing like him. That was the last person I'd expect him to be in. We were talking earlier about Ben. Um, I don't know. At this point, I really don't know what Ben's purpose is in Lost. I mean, he had a full episode the other day in which his he was going to be killed by, uh, I guess she was, I can't remember her name, the, the Spanish lady who's one of Jacob's guardians. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, she was going to kill him because he killed Jacob. I wonder, is Miles just along for the ride, do you think? Because, I mean, he seems, he and Ben don't really have a purpose right now. Miles is just kind of hanging out and, you know, doing whatever. Um, I don't think Miles is a candidate. Yeah. 
and Ben's definitely not a candidate. Um, but I mean, I'm sure we'll soon find out. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll die off or get killed later, or maybe they'll have a purpose, you know, in serving the the main characters. I guess. I wonder if they made John Locke into the ultimate bad guy because, and he's. He's so soft-spoken, but he'd been the ultimate good guy for so long, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I saw one of those. It's called a uh, alignment chart, and I think it came from Dungeons & Dragons, but it's a, uh, it was just like a chart that show, it's like marked off by lawful good, evil, or chaotic good, and then uh, something, something else good, neutral good, and then neutral, neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil, and so on. But the, the ultimate lawful good was John Locke, and <laughs> it had a uh, had a picture of him with the orange in his mouth, and it said, uh, "My name is John Locke, and I'm the caretaker of this island." <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, but I think it's such a weird twist that he's the bad guy now. Um, is he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's not. It's not really him. Well, it's the man in black, but he takes many but forms. As but far as we're concerned, John Locke. Form. Something is preserved, obviously, because John Locke is still John Locke. But yeah, I mean, but John, but the John Locke we knew is dead. You know. Um. Wait, so this, this is a different John Locke from the latest episode I've seen, where first season this season it something has changed since then. So what was the last one you saw? Uh, first season John Locke episode. Oh, well, nothing is the same from the first season. John, have you ever watched Lost? I've watched, uh... I've watched the entire first season. That's it. You watched watched the first season? Yeah. How how do you not continue watching the second season? It's so good. It was just so confusing. I don't have the time, anyway. So confusing. It's really that confusing to you? (laughs) Not really. It's just I don't have the time. You have questions all the time. I understand that, but... Yeah. I mean, they get answered eventually. (laughs) I've been pretty impressed with season six. The things I haven't... It's funny, because I used to really like Saeed, and I really like Locke. And now, I mean, Locke, they've turned everyone against Locke. They make him... I mean, they try to make him seem good, but he's... I mean, you know, Ben's still on his side, but it's not Locke anymore. And then Saeed is just annoying. I mean, he killed the... He killed the samurai guy, and he killed the... the um, I call him Glasses, because he's just like a Glasses, he looks like a beetle. He, he's uh, the translator. They killed him, too. Um, and that's pretty weird. I mean, they both of those characters I liked a lot more than Saeed, and so it's really an evil twist for me to, to see Saeed uh, turn around and, and kill them. Yeah, I really don't know why they brought him back to life. I mean, he kind of basically died, and they could have just left him. Saeed, Saeed's a candidate, right? Saeed is a, Saeed Hurley. Do you think um, Saeed's Jack. still a candidate after after dying and coming back to life? I I think he is, but I think they're what? I don't know if they should kill him off or not. I mean, like I don't really care for Saeed anymore. Yeah. I mean, of he, all the of all the possible candidates, I think the only two that I I would consider a Jacob character are Christian, uh, Jack's dad. And Hurley, you know, Jack has way too much of a temper to be like Jacob, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate, I don't think has uh, Kate's the same way. Um, Son and Jin, I think they would have gotten more time, and it, we could, you know, maybe they'll get this week's episode. Maybe one of them will be the yeah, I don't featured person. I don't even know if um Son has seen Jin. 
No, she still hasn't seen. Yeah, that's, after, that's what's really bothering me. After returning They've been to separated that. for so long, once again. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it's weird too. We were talking uh, about the flash sideways. I mean, I was wondering, in in my theory, I was wondering if, um, you know, if uh, if everything will be. Like, if the series will end and then someone will be a protector of the island, but will continue forward from Flash Sideways, you know? Um, because obviously the Flash Sideways doesn't have a... It has a purpose. It's not just there to be there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but it's, you know, it's a world without... Is it, I think it's a world without Jacob is what that the Flash Sideways is supposed to be. Um, I mean, it's, it's if Jacob hadn't touched their lives in some meaningful way or another. Yeah, um, you really don't know what to think of it now. I mean, Lost could end any possible way. Like, they could make it seem like... They could actually make it to where Jacob's the overall bad guy and Locke's the good guy. I mean, they, they can they can flip it either way. But, I mean, right now they're trying to make you think that, um, you know, I think Locke at this is the point, bad guy. At this point, Locke has killed too many people, and the man in black has killed too many people, that Jacob could be the bad guy, you know? I mean, we, we know that Locke is the, the smoke monster. And we know that he's went and killed everyone in the temple. Locke is a smoke monster? Yeah, the man in black and the smoke monster are one. Oh, no. <laughs> um, John is so far behind, he does not even realize. I don't know what's going on. It's like an alien world to me. <laughs> uh, so you guys are catching up to do, John. It's too bad you didn't do it over the last couple of months. But um, yeah, I think we'll we'll leave it there because we'll we'll catch up on Lost a few weeks from now uh, when it's wrapping up a little more. We know a few things more, um, and we want to have Steven on the show to do it um, because oh, one big thing that got me in the big new deal. episode, Paul, was yeah. um, the explanation of the island. Like for the longest time, you just didn't know what the island was. Like it was going through time and stuff like that. Yeah, and then like when um. Richard backstory was revealed, and he landed on the island in that uh, 18th century ship or whatever. He uh, came there, and he was talking to Jacob, and Jacob explained what the island was. He said he had a wine bottle, and he had a cork, and he said, he said as long as the cork's on the bottle, it's going to keep the wine from falling out. And he explained it, saying the island was like a cork for hell. Mm-hmm. Because Richard originally thought he was on he hell. He thought he was on hell. Do you think that's just a, a, a block to the chaos of the man in black getting off the island? I don't I don't I don't really know, but um all all I got from it was that the island was um was a barrier between, you know, hell and the real world and whatnot. Now, we don't know if Jacob is the devil, like Locke was saying, or if Locke, a.k.a. the smoke monster, is the devil and is trying to escape from, you know, the island and, you know, You'd think wreak that, havoc on the world or something. Because Locke certainly has now personified the, the guy, because all he wants to do is get off the island, you know. Uh-huh. But, uh, do you wonder, I wonder who put Locke, who put Jacob in, in the man in black on the island? Oh yeah, you know you never know. I mean, I mean they, maybe they've been there since the beginning of time, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, right now they're actually dealing with like so much. Like, there's it's so hard to explain the like the crazy happenings. Now, do you wonder if it was the gate to hell? Jacob can get off the island whenever he chooses. So it could be that Jacob is a supernatural being. 
That is true. He didn't give Richard. That is true. Yeah, I say we switch topics soon. This is blowing my mind. He did give. He did give Richard. No, no, no. no. Jacob did leave the island several times oh, to talk to Jack. He talked to everyone off. That yeah, island. he got in everyone. a cab with Hurley and. Uh, well, huh. well, he's dead now. Maybe he's he's dead, but he's he's dead, but they couldn't find any remains in the fireplace. Oh yeah, that was You'd true. You think there would be some? Bones. So it could be a supernatural being that. And maybe he's just being invisible and talking to Hurley. He did tell Hurley he was dead, but... Huh. Do you think he'll come back? Um, I, wonder, I don't think so. They... I just, I think, I really think that they keep on talking about candidates. I really think that one of the people's... I think it's going to be Jack is going to be the candidate to replace him on the island. Possibly. I mean, the series starts where, or ends where it began, but... All right, well, let's move on before we uh, explode John's mind. My mind! <laughs> so, I got God of War 2 earlier. I guess I got it last Sunday or something. Um, because all this uh, God of War 3 was really, really making me <laughs> play God of War or something. Um, so I went out and got God of War 2, the first PlayStation 2 game I have ever bought 10 years after the console came out. And, uh, <clears throat> holy cow, it's awesome. It's uh, it's a lot more. I played a little bit before, but I I've forgotten how many puzzles are in the game. It's uh, yeah, there's a lot more. The more you play of it, the more there. it feels like Zelda than Ninja <laughs> Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden is almost all fighting. This feels a whole lot more like you're doing. You know, you you fight a few people, and then you go and do a puzzle for twenty minutes, and then you fight a few people, then you go do another puzzle. You know, is there much questing? <clears throat> No, no. I mean, it's a pretty I mean, straightforward, but you have to overcome challenges to get almost anywhere. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. Me, me and Paul found ourselves looking stuff up several occasions because we couldn't figure out how to do a certain puzzle. Yeah, and like. Ah, uh, that makes sense. And then you find out it's something so simple. Like, Paul was in this room where he had to lower this platform and then jump on the platform so it could be raised up because it kept on going up. Well, these birds kept on knocking him off the platform, and the birds had nests. But we didn't know they had nests. So, like, you had to kill all their nests so they wouldn't shoot you off the platform. And destroy the birds. Yeah, yeah it I took think, forever. For I think it's funny. It, it makes me like it a little more now. Um, like the game, because I, you know, I thought it was just going to be a pretty straightforward uh, hack and slash adventure. And it turns out that it's really an awful lot of, uh, of puzzle work. I mean, you have to really think uh, an awful lot. You have to think outside the box um, for some of these puzzles. And you spend an awful lot of time, you know, pushing rocks around and uh, doing time time stop puzzles and various other, you know, really interesting things. Uh huh. Which all are, are pretty cool. I mean, I I think uh, it really gives the game a sticking value. And then it's just an awesome game in general. Um, the second one, I mean, it's just a. It's basically, it's like you know, someone read a. A Greek, a Greek mythology for dummies book, and then basically decided to make a complete uh, story where you just run around all sorts of Greek mythology all put together, and you know, like um, there was, I mean, you you go the the whole point of the second game is that you have at the end of the first one you killed Ares and became the new god of war. Um, you were given the powers of the god of war. Um. And then you, I don't know, at the beginning of the second game, you've grown tired of being an Olympian, and you found a new uh, 
you found new joy in helping your Spartans win their victories. And so you, uh, I don't know, they call you down to the city of Rhodes and you jump down from uh, Mount Olympus and you're a huge god and all of a sudden um, it turns out that Zeus shrinks you down to size and gives power to the uh, Colossus at Rhodes and he comes to life and fights you and basically Zeus kills you. Oh no. As you're you're being pulled down to Hades, uh the Titans give you power and allow you to uh climb up out of Hades and climb back into Earth reborn once again. Uh-huh. Uh continue. Sorry, sorry, I got distracted. Um anyway. So you you get pulled back up. Uh, from 80s or whatever, but the the coolest thing is there's just so much different stuff out of uh, <laughs> so much uh, out of um, I was getting distracted right now if you haven't noticed. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's such a fun romp through different uh, parts of Greek mythology. So you've got, um, for instance, you you fight off uh, Perseus at one point, who's got his helmet of invisibility and a shield and all this stuff that we're getting ready to see next uh, month in Clash of the Titans. So you kind of get a little, you know, you get to see Perseus here. You fight him because he's he's gone to this island to change his fate, um, which is what you're trying to do. You go to the island of uh, Moray, I think, Moray, to talk to the Sisters of Fate to go back in time, basically, and stop Zeus from attacking you and killing you. Um, and you you uh, at one point you have a run-in with Icarus, um... And he, uh, basically, you fall off this platform, and and uh, he's gone there to try and change his fate. He wants to actually be able to fly, but you deny him that, and quite a brutal... He died. Um, so, so how does, um, how does God of War 2, like, and sum itself up? Well, I haven't finished, uh... I have not finished uh, the game, obviously. I'm, I haven't even gotten to the Sisters of Fate yet. I'm, I'm basically entering this uh, island, working my, my way in right now. Um, I don't remember where I paused things last. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's really... I'm really amazed. I never... You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the PS2. Uh, I know a lot of people really are... Yeah. I'm 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 with you there. I, I really cannot stand it. But it's got. I mean, I have to pull in a memory card to play this game. But it, it came out after play, uh, the PlayStation Three did, and so the graphics are surprisingly good. I mean, they're nothing. They're nothing to write home about, even in 2007. Um, especially if you look at them in contrast to, say, Ninja Gaiden or something, they really don't look any better than that game from 2004. While this is from 2007. Um, However, it is pretty impressive when it's uh, it's pretty impressive that it's on the PlayStation 2, given how good it does look. And of course, it's, it looks like you know trash compared to the God of War. <laughs> yeah, um, but it does look really good. But we picked out, you know, we talked about how much like Zelda it is. It's just, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's very clear that they took a lot more design cues from that than say other plain hack-and-slash games. I mean, it, it when you think about God of War, when I thought about it before playing it, it felt to me, I, I thought it would be uh, a Ninja Gaiden clone, essentially. You know, uh, uh, jump around and make a mess of things with your weapons type game. And 
honestly, it's not. There's it's got the quick time events, which are surprisingly fun. You know, compared compared to what Yahtzee would say <laughs> online. <laughs> um, and then it's got uh, you know, all these puzzles, and then all sorts of Zelda-like things, where you've got um, <clears throat> you've got to move blocks around and you know, stop time and use all these cool items you get to do interesting things. Um, there's not, you know, I think it would not have any of the sticking value that it had if you literally just went from room to room using your Blades of Exile or Chaos, no, they're Blades of Athena right now, to just make a whirlwind, uh, uh, you know, and uh, and kill everyone in the room. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I certainly have been impressed by God of War 2 so far. Well, I'll need to um, come down and play it sometime and you'll see what I think. Yeah, I'm about halfway through uh, right now, I think. Uh, we still haven't gotten to the Sisters of Fate yet or much inside the island, but it's interesting. So let's go ahead and talk about Frog Paint Studios. Okay. Because I don't think if it wasn't for Scott Johnson and Randy Jordan and everyone else, I don't think I would have gotten started podcasting, and neither would have you guys, because, you know. Nope. So, <clears throat> Frog Pan Studios is the uh, company or corporation, or I don't know how you say it. It's a one-person show uh, run by Scott Johnson, who produces, um, who is the main guy behind such podcasts as Extra Life Radio, and The Instance, and App Slappy, and Film Sack, and Forecast, and Current Geek. And Basically all the good things we listen to. <laughs> An awful lot of what I listen to that's not on the Twit Network, uh, and even now Current Geek is. He does uh, Experience Points, a webcomic, and Extra Life, a webcomic. Um, and basically he's pretty cool. I mean, I think, uh, you know... Don't forget, he also has the Bigfoot webcomic series now. Yeah, I really like those. Um I like those a lot. But uh, I think, you know, I just was going to talk a little bit about how cool those shows are and how much uh, of an impact they've had on what we're doing now, I guess. I know Mike's been listening to the instance in marathon fashion over the last couple of weeks. He's got to keep up to date. What else is he going to do? <laughs> uh, what do you like about the instance? Uh, what do I like about the instance? Um... I don't know, I just like the general conversation. I like how they have running jokes that go throughout all of them, especially when you're listening to them in, a, like, a yeah. random, or not random order, but just in succession, like, s- several times a day. You'll get jokes in, in their newest podcast and stuff like that. Um, I definitely like Scott's voice. He has, like, the perfect <laughs> voice for a <laughs> podcaster. And, um... I don't know. They just talk. They just talk about the stuff that I like, and um, it's just a great. It's just a great podcast. Is they give away stuff. They're like really big. Um, I like how they they communicate with their listeners a lot. They have like on this on the instance they all they have is like news, and then they have two sections dedicated to questions from people, and they have um. Yeah, just actually, there's like three sections. They have emails where they just read emails, one where they take like phone calls, and another one where they do uh, quick fire questions, which is one of my favorite things, uh, where people just tweet uh, or email questions that are real um, that they do in fast succession, and it's just it's just really fun to listen to, and uh, especially when you you know watching TV or doing something else or playing a game or doing something like that, 
Yeah. I miss, uh, they canceled, he, he ended Extra Life Radio after a five-year run just recently. I really miss that show. Um, especially, I know they were, you know, getting ready to talk about Lost and getting re- they would have talked about God of War 3 right now. Uh, they talk about Clash of the Titans, and I really miss that show. It was a general, it was kind of, that Extra Life Radio was probably the most influential one in starting ContraCast, because we follow the same basic format. There's three of us or four of us, and we talk about, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's hard to General pinpoint, geekiness. you know. It's hard to, exactly, it's hard to pinpoint what we talk about. Um, but it was a lot of fun. But then there's other things right now, uh, I mean, Forecast is a really great podcast that deals with the future. It's hosted by him and Tom Merritt. Um, <clears throat> and that's, it's, it's a pretty fun show to listen to. Um, Current Geek is a weekly and, uh, is a weekly long form show and a three times weekly short form show done by, uh, both of them again. Uh, Tom Merritt is at CNET.com. He's a, media guy, I can't remember exactly his description, but that's a fun show. I mean, it's a, uh, it's kind of, that was, I I started Five Minutes of Interesting before I knew about it, but that's what I'm trying to move to with Five Minutes of Interesting now. And I'm really remembering now that I haven't recorded any shows to go out this week. Rats. Uh, we'll get them done, don't worry. Like, I did last week, we had one a day, but uh, I've forgotten to do this week. So. Oh, why don't you just save them, you know? What? Oh, oh no, no, okay. Because I'm, I'm far too busy. No, I'm saying save them, save the, record several, and then just we, save them. Well, we recorded weeks. five, yeah. We recorded five and put them out one a day, but um, we'll try and do that this next week, too. Maybe. We might do it tomorrow. We'll see. But uh, what else? Oh, Film Sack is another one of Scott's shows, and Film Sack is one of my favorite, favorite podcasts right now, uh, where he, Randy Jordan, Brian Ibbett of the Coverville podcast, and uh, Brian Dunaway, who was... On Extra Life Radio, um, they all watch a movie over Netflix streaming and then discuss it. And they've talked about such gems as The Omega Man and Clash of the Titans, the, early, the original one. Um, and all sorts of, you know, weird or time-forgotten movies in the past. <laughs> and basically break them down and review them and talk about what they liked and what they didn't like and play clips. And it's a lot of fun. It's... Uh, it's a great show to listen to. And App Slappy, which is another great one, if you are an iPhone owner or an iPod Touch owner or coming soon, an iPad owner, uh-huh. in the next week, really, um, this show is absolutely what you want to watch or listen to, rather. It's a uh, it's an hourly, an hourly, it's an hour-long uh, look into the happenings and comings and goings of the App Store for that particular week, and it's a lot of fun. It's hosted by him and Eric Van Skyhawk, who is a uh, media marketing guy. And I know there are other shows, I'm forgetting them now, but those are a lot of fun, and you should definitely check them all out. Um, I think listening to some of Scott's shows was the first thing that got me started thinking, you should do a podcast, we'd be good at a podcast. And whether or not we're good at podcasting is up for your... (laughs) Your judgment, but we have a lot of fun doing it, and I think we owe a lot of that to uh, listening to Scott's shows. So thank you, Scott Johnson at Extra Life. You are. What else do we have to talk about today? Um, deodorant, uh, deodorizer, massive truck things for um, landfills in China. I just uh, found this. 
Do you ever, wait, wait, deodorant? I, I use Old Spice. Deodorant <laughs> cannons, put it that way. Of old Spice, you know, they're just being dumped on the you know, trash. What's wrong in China is their landfills stink horribly, and they're it's usually near so urban centers. I'll say wherever they feel like it. <laughs> anyway, so they designed uh, massive deodorant cannons that launch, like, deodorant, like, 100 feet into it. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of it real quick. A deodorant cannon. So this cannon shoots it into the masses. Deodorant into, into the mass, like through the air, so they can stink good. So I mean, they not stink good, they can smell good. So they can stink good! <laughs> you guys see that now? Uh, just on. one second. Well, I know what picture we're going to use for the show. <laughs> Deodorant cannons wage war against landfill stench. Deodorant, so it's just spraying deodorant spray. Basically, you, you know those guys at school that you see you walk past, you know, there's, you walk past, you oh, oh, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna read half it. Half a can of X or a whole can of X guy. Hold on, listen to this. This is what's written down here. Alternatively, look at your stick of deodorant. Now look back to this deodorant cannon. Now back to your stick. Now look at the cannon. Look down, back up. Where are you? A landfill in Beijing? On a horse? Plastic stick to smithereens. <laughs> oh wow, uh, Scott Scott Johnson would definitely like that. Lucky What's that? So walking past one of these landfills, what must be walking past like a three caner in high school. So you get your cannon back. Now back to the deodorant cannon. Now back to the stick. Now back to the cannon. Look down. Back up. Where are you? A high school gym class. <laughs> okay, that, that was a quick article I found. I'll be in the show notes for the link. Really funny. That's really great, John. That is a perfect picture for the article. <laughs> the show notes. I think we're gonna call the title. I was gonna call it hieroglyphized after a word we came up with at lunch. Uh, in terms of what the temple looks like in Lost, but I think we're gonna call it Master Deodorizer. <laughs> <laughs> or deodorant cannon. <laughs> deodorant cannon. Okay, so John, where can people get in touch with you on the internet? They can get in touch with me at um, facebook.com slash john.kwiatkowski mm-hmm. and twitter.com slash j underscore kwiatkowski. And a quick thought, I've been trying to get the, um, I was trying to get the John Kwiatkowski on Twitter a while back. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's already been taken by a guy who puts out, like, one tweet a week. You should uh, ask him for his name. Yes, possibly. Yeah, you should see if you can get that. Because no one, because underscores are like a, there's there's charts, underscores are basically like asking for no followers. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, where can people get in touch with you on the internet? Um, people can get in touch with me at twitter.com uh, or slash Mike Plowski, I believe. Um, I did have what kind of John had a while ago or something. My first Twitter account. I forget, I forget the name. Yomashita. Yeah, it was like Yomash- Yomashita, which is uh, usually my, uh, which is the name of some comic I do. we we got to get that up sometime. We really do. Yeah. We can pull that out and scan them all. I mean, maybe we can, maybe we can do that now. I will enhance them and we'll do it now. Okay, we get, we after the show, show, after the show. Where can people get in touch with the show on Twitter, Mike? Um, people can get in touch with the show on twitter.com forward slash contracast. Yes, they can. <laughs> you can get in touch with me online at paul-quietkowski.com, twitter.com slash contrapaul, or facebook.com slash quietkowski. 
And the show is available at its blog at contracast.blogspot.com. However, it also it is also available at my website. It's just that uh, only the show is available at the ContraCast website. Um, and I just gave it an update today. It looks a lot more like a WordPress site than a Blogger website, which is good because Blogger is ugly. Uh, any last words, everyone? Uh, anyone who's listening, thanks for being here. Um, show should be edited out in the air soon for download or listening. I think that's it. You Your son has returned! I bring the destruction of Olympus! Hey, I, I think my line of the night has got to be, uh, because the laser cats are on strike. I create my own destiny! What's that? <laughs> laser cats are on strike? That's what I said earlier. I don't know where it came from, but the laser cats are on strike. I don't use laser cats anymore. <laughs> Alright, I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>